Hi everyone, this is Melissa from A Yogi Kitchen. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Saturday, December 16th. And I am talking to you from Chicago. So as a lot of you know, I'm a little bit of a nomad. Okay, I'm a lot of a nomad. Um, I divide my time between New York is kind of the base. And then I'm in Salem, Massachusetts a few times a month because that's where my boyfriend is, but he'll be moving to New York, so that won't always be true. Um, and then my other place that I spend a lot of time is Lawrence, Kansas, which is this wonderful um, college town that I adore. I lived there for 10 years, and my son and my ex-husband are still there, so I go back frequently. And I'm in Chicago because I grew up here. And my dad is dying. So I am here for a week. Um, I'm in the middle of that week right now, uh, helping my sister sort of manage some of his care and just getting to spend some time with my dad and uh, helping my mom as best she can sort of accept what's happening and what's going on. So it's been quite the journey and I, I didn't feel compelled to get on Anchor and talk about it. But I got a wonderful email from Barbara Faison. Thank you so much, Barbara. Um, and I'm going to email you back as soon as I can catch my breath. Um, just telling me that she was thinking of me and telling me she hopes everything's okay and, and sending me peace and love. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this is such a new community and I'm new to it that it's just really heartwarming that um, my Anchor family is starting to move into the rest of my life. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And it made me think about um, Barbara's show is wonderful, um, and she talks a lot about mindfulness practices and, and being intentional and being present. And she's a, a constant reminder to me to, to take breaks and to be in this moment. And so, really, I thought about what's been happening with my dad, and I've been I've been blogging about it actually a lot more than I thought I would. Um, so, if you're interested in hearing more about this, it's at WordPress. I guess it's actually a yogikitchen.com. No, it's, sorry, it's a yogikitchen.wordpress.com. And um, I, I just have always kept it as a WordPress blog. Um, I don't know if I'll ever change it, but so it's a little hard to find. You have to go, or you can just go to wordpress.com and search a yogi kitchen. But um, so I've been talking about my dad there and just what my job is in this. And um, I thought, you know, this is a lot of what being a yogini is. Um, these are lessons that I learned not growing up because I kind of grew up in a very nutty sort of dysfunctional way. Um, but the lessons that I've learned that really helped me be um, a balanced, successful adult who can be, you know, present with her emotions and present with her, uh, the facts of a situation, um, and really helped me be well-rounded are my yoga teachings. Um, so I started, uh, practicing yoga in, uh, it must've been 95. Yeah. 95. Cause I was pregnant in 96 and I couldn't practice a lot of that time and I'd already started. So, um, it's been quite a while now that I've considered myself a yogi or a yogini and, um, the lessons are deep. They're big. And I learn them on the mat over and over again and carry them into my life and they're life-saving. So um, the biggest thing I think that I've learned the last few months, so just a little background, I guess, is my dad got sick. He's been sick for a while. My dad is in cardiac failure and in kidney failure. And then all the side effects and things that have gone through that. My dad was probably a mismanaged diabetic for years and years and years. And these are some of the consequences of those actions. Um, so my dad's a doctor. He, he knew exactly 
the choices he was making. Um, so there's that. There's that I have to be able to accept that, that these are his life choices. And I, you know, can spend a lot of time being pissed about the fact that, you know, 30 years ago, he didn't start taking care of himself. Or I can just be present with what is in this moment. And that's a yogic lesson. Yoga taught me that. And it's really getting on the mat. It's getting on the mat and doing those poses and challenging yourself. And the challenges in yoga, you know, people, we get on Instagram and we see everyone doing arm balances and handstands and stuff or headstands and, and they think, oh, that's the real challenge. And honestly, the real challenge is doing those simple poses and being able to come to them with beginner's mind, being able to be present with them and just accepting what is in the moment. And that's what yoga that's probably be that was probably my first really big yogic lesson that has served me consistently over and over again in my life. So, you know, I can spend time being angry with my dad, I can spend time you know, or I could spend time berating my dad for not taking care of himself or for wishing for it to be different than it is. And that's a lot of energy um, that goes nowhere. That's, that's not good for me. It's not good for my dad. Um, and it's, it doesn't have intention. It doesn't have purpose. And so I guess the biggest thing that I've learned, you know, on the mat is how to be really present with what is. Um, so yeah, we would all like to be able to do, you know, really deep warrior one poses or be able to do, you know, headstands without having to practice for a year first, but that's not reality. Um, what is, is I have to learn to do those poses baby step after baby step. I have to be kind to myself. I have to be loving towards myself and compassionate. And I have to get on the mat and notice what's happening in my body. I have to be really present and say, okay, so today, as I try to deepen my warrior one and be stronger than I was the last time, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this amount of pain on my right hand side um, or on my right foot, sorry, is what I meant to say. And as I'm doing that, I'm noticing that there's a deeper stretch in the groin. So maybe I need to soften that a little bit and come up and not overstretch groin muscles and um, I'm feeling frustrated. I need to notice how I'm feeling emotionally and mentally. I'm feeling really frustrated now. What can I do for myself? This is what I can do. I can come out of this pose, do a down dog, come back to it on the other side um, or go away from it entirely today. If I'm feeling frustration, maybe I just need to walk away from it. Um, maybe I need to work harder on it to get really lean into those difficult feelings. Um, and, and so that's how I learned to manage stuff on the mat. And it's the exact same skills that go out into the world. So as I'm dealing with my dad today, what am I feeling? What's happening to me, body, mind, and spirit? You know, oh, there's this bit of frustration like over here I'm feeling. And oh, my heart's feeling a little, a little painful today. And uh, my body's really tired today. And just noticing those things. So what does that mean for me? How do I set intention around that? So really being present with what is and, and not pushing it away, not saying, oh, I'm frustrated, but you know, it doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll just do this anyway. Saying I'm frustrated, what needs to happen? I'm frustrated and I can deal with that. That's okay. That this level of discomfort is okay. And I can be in my frustration, but still show him kindness and still be loving and still be able to talk to the nurses. Or it gets to that place for all of us. This frustration is beyond that little irritation. It is, I am feeling it in my body. I am noticing it in my words. So I need to walk away. I need to, to go do something different. And what that means for me may mean something completely different for someone else in this situation. So just being able to notice what is and take appropriate action 
is huge for me. It's been um, something that yoga changed my life because now I don't have to react all the time. I don't have to go, oh God, he's un- in you know, he's unbearable today. He's impossible. I, I can't deal with this. I'm out of here. You know, that's, that's just reacting. Um, can I deal with it? Well, I don't know. Can I? Let, let's see what that looks like. Do I need to go, you know, eat something super healthy and hydrate so that I'm better equipped to deal with this? Or can I, you know, come back tomorrow, be really kind and loving to him for 10 minutes right now and say, hey, um, you know, I got a lot of stuff on my plate today, but I wanted to stop by and say hi to you because I love you and I miss you and I'm here, but I'm going to come back tomorrow and be able to spend longer with you. And, and that's okay too, but it doesn't have to be reactive and I don't have to take it out on anyone else. So those are big lessons that I've learned from yoga and they come back over and over and over again. And knowing also that we are always in process, you know, we are always um, taking the teeny tiny steps that are going to lead us somewhere bigger and better. And I would say that the other big lesson that I've taken off the mat is about setting intention and how am I of service? And this has also been a big lesson for me in teaching yoga, you know, there are always things that I want my students to do that I think would be great for them. I look at, you know, Mary Jo and I say, wow, you really need to do a lot more down dogs. Like, look at your hamstrings. Look at this. Look at whatever. And those are my own judgments and they have nothing to do with her practice, nor should they. And so I need to, I, I have learned and know how to go, wow, you know, I wish she would do some more downward dogs, but that's me and it has nothing to do with me. And so she's going to practice the way that she practices. Um, and that is, um, letting people be where they are. And I tell my students all the time that um, yoga meets you wherever you are. And yoga is there for you, no matter where you are in your life. And it accepts you no matter what. So um, I just took a little break and talked to my dad on the phone. And I realized that was a really big mistake because I'm really liable to um, repeat myself right now. Um, so I was talking about the lessons that I've learned from yoga and, and the biggest one of all, um, I just listened to a little bit of that last part, but the biggest one of all is, is about being intentional and about knowing my purpose and about knowing how I am of service and who I am of service to or for. Um, and so like right now, this isn't really about me. Um, I've done my emotional work. I've done my, my therapy. I've done my stuff where I don't have a lot of daddy issues. Um, so I can really just be here and let him do what he needs to do. And then I will grieve and process some of that, you know, later. Um, and I am getting these, these really nice gifts that I hadn't expected that, um, I, I'm doing some grieving already yesterday when he came back from surgery and he was so frail and without any toes on one foot. Um, they moved him into his room. I was there for the transfer and everything and just getting him settled and everything and, and admitting starting to get and the admissions process getting started. Um, I got a little weepy. So I had to go in the other, other room. I went to the family lounge and just sat there and, and let it be okay to be a little weepy. And I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't say, oh, I'm so sad my dad just lost his foot, or I'm so sad my dad's dying, or it's just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of emotions. Um, and, and there's always going to be conflicting emotions. So not only am I sad that this is all happening, um, I, I still, you know, there's that thing that my dad's kind of an asshole. Um, and he can be an asshole now still. He's better at being sweet more consistently to people like nurses who control his life these days than he used to be. He used to kind of not care and he burned bridges 
marriages and stuff. But um, so there's, there's all that stuff. There's like, can I have a compassion for this man who's been such an ass in my life? And yes, I can. Um, and so there's, you know, there's always going to be lots and lots of emotions. And sometimes I think the tears, especially for me, the tears aren't necessarily about a certain thing, but it's about that. It's about, wow, there's a lot going on right now and I need some kind of release. I need to let it go. And so that's what it is. So I didn't go ball because that is a real obvious release. I wasn't bawling, but I did go sit by a window and just kind of let the tears come. And it wasn't, you know, a big cry. It was just a little teary, a little weepy. Um, and, and letting that be okay, you know, letting it be gentle and kind with myself and letting it be okay that, um, I'm having emotions and I don't have to name them. I just have to feel them. I have to sit with them. Don't push them away. Don't be afraid of them. Just be with them. And then in that way, I can wipe my face, go back into the hospital room and continue to be of service for my dad. But when I'm constantly pushing it away, when I'm not admitting that I'm frustrated, when I'm not admitting that I'm sad and I'm saying, well, those things don't matter right now. What's matter is getting dad admitted and I'll deal with that stuff later. Then at some point, that shit's going to bubble up and I am going to be, I cannot be of service to anyone and least of all myself. But you know, I won't be able to show up for my dad. I won't be able to show up for my kids who are losing their grandpa. I won't be able to show up for my mom who um, is losing her partner. They've been together on one, in one way or another. They have a very convoluted, complicated relationship, but they have been a part of each other's lives since she was 21 and she's 76. So it's been a very long relationship. And so I need to be here for her too. And my sister and I have talked about this a bit, that, you know, when he goes, we don't know what's going to happen to her. Um, we're starting to see a few deficits already, and we're expecting that they will get bigger, at least for a while after he goes. But she's going to be very lost. And so not only do I need to help my dad through this period, I need to help my mom through this period and help my sister through this period and help myself through this period. And just really being present with where am I most of service? What are my intentions around this? And, and how can I be most helpful? Because my sister and I are really smart, talented, gifted women, but we have really different gifts. So like she's, she was a nurse. She was an IC New Year's nurse for years. So she can do all the science part and she's really good at that. She's not terrible at the emotional stuff, but she's not as good as me. So the spiritual emotional stuff, that's my stuff. So together we make a really great team. And that has been one of the unexpected gifts of this whole process with my dad is that I don't think we ever thought, um, we would come together and be able to work so well together. We haven't had one crossword in months. We haven't had one problem, one disagreement about how to manage him. Um, we, uh, We've talked about it very early on where it looked like, you know, he could have some major cardiac event that could change his life in any moment. Um, we had a conversation where we said, okay, what do we want to do? Are we willing to intubate? Are we willing to, you know, and we were pretty much on the same page about it. Um, and, and that's been a gift that neither of us saw. I feel like, you know, of course we're siblings, but we're four years apart, actually three and a half years apart. So we've always been in really different places in life. Um, you know, I, we're four grades apart. So I left high school before she got there. I was already out of college when she started college. So we've always been very different places in life. Um, and I feel like I have this new ally. Like, I knew, of course, I can call my sister at any time and, and she will do whatever I need because she's my sister. But now I feel like, 
I have this friend. And it's different. And there have been other times in our lives. In our 20s, we were very close. And then in our 30s, when we were both like having kids and doing stuff, not as close. Um, but now in our 40s, I think we're getting back to being really close again. And I don't have any, I'm not upset about that. There's no judgments. It's just sort of the, the cycle of our lives and how things have gone up and down and all around. Um, so that's an unexpected gift that I, I didn't get. Uh, I didn't foresee. And I have a really, really sweet story. Um, I went to my 30th year high school reunion. And I'm very privileged and very grateful and very lucky that I went to this school. It's a K through 12 school. So a lot of the people that I know from my childhood are people I have known since I was like five. So there's not, there's not, there's a few people in my life that, oh, I went to high school with them. But, um, if I went to high school with them, there's a really good chance I've known them since I was five. So I have people in my life that I've known for a very long time. I have long relationships with. And when you know people like that, um, you can be away from them for like 20 years and then just step right back in. So I was uh, talking at reunion with this man that... Um, was very different in high school, or my perception at least was very different in high school. He was kind of a jock, and we ran in very different circles, but I've known him since I was five. Um, and, and a nice guy, sweet guy, but I didn't really know him. And, you know, I was editor of the high school newspaper, and I worked on the yearbook, and uh, I was involved in drama. And he was, he played all the sports. Um, we didn't have a lot of classes together. I don't even know what kind of classes he took. <laughs> um, but I was really booky, and, and I wrote, and I uh, took a lot of English. Um, so anyway, we didn't really have a huge amount of history, but we've known each other forever. So when I went over and said hello to him, we were talking for a long time, and and uh, he told me about his parents. And um, his parents, who I actually know because there was a lot of high school parties, even middle school parties at his house when we were growing up, and I know his parents well, or at least I did at that point. And um, they both died within af his dad after a very long illness, and then his mom fairly quickly after that from very fast-acting illnesses. And uh, he said to me, he's like, you know, just be present with your dad. He's like, just sit there, and he's going to tell you stories that you've heard a million times before. He's like, but just listen to it this time. He's like, you know, try not to push it away or whatever. Just be there with it. Listen to it. And he's like, because when he's gone, that's the stuff you're going to remember. You won't remember the time he told it when you were 12 at the Christmas dinner. You're going to remember the last time he told it. So hold on to those. He's like, because there's all these really precious moments. And he's like, just be really present with them. And I just, not only was I floored by the conversation, and I was like, who are you? Like, you were the jockey jock in high school. And I did go to a very different kind of high school where even the real jocks were, were great guys who, um, who, who could uh, display their emotions and be present with emotions and feelings and stuff, not like the stereotypical jocks. But um, I was just very surprised. And then he asked me, he's like, so what is it you do? And I, I told him about a yogi kitchen and being a yoga therapist and a chef and a coach. And, and he said, oh my gosh, then you get it. And it turns out this man started taking yoga five years ago and he's like a daily practitioner. And he said, I get on the mat every day and it gets my head right and it gets my body right, and it gets my heart in the right place. And he's like, it saved my life. And I started welling up. I'm almost starting to tear right now. <laughs> and it was just this lovely, lovely thing that the best thing I've heard about my dad dying came from someone that I didn't know was another yogi, but is another yogi. So that's my, my story, and I, I try to hold it in my heart every time I go see my dad. I say, okay, no matter where he is right now, whether he is a pain in the butt, whether he is you know frail and exhausted and it breaks my heart, I'm just going to be present with it because I won't get this very much longer. And I'm just going to hold on to this for this moment. Um,
Um, thank you so much for listening to everything. And I think I'm just going to stop here. Have a wonderful Saturday. Namaste.